Good to see everybody back out again tonight. Let's all stand. Go ahead and get the service started. Page 381. seated page 137. Jesus, precious Jesus, oh Lord. 
201.
all stand again, page 279.
just a uh, real quick uh, remember the uh, uh, June 21st uh, kids movie night we're gonna start at 645 uh, so uh, please uh, be there for that July the 9th we got homecoming we got gold city gonna be here so uh, uh, please be here for that uh, should be uh, uh, really entertaining uh, we also got uh, Derek Knight gonna, gonna give us a, a message as well on uh, July the 22nd we're gonna have a back-to-school bash so uh, please everybody be here for that. That's on Saturday and July the 23rd, McKenzie Woods baby shower. So please don't forget that. Thank y'all.
Brother Cody back with us tonight. Did a great job this morning. Y'all pray for me as he preaches. Amen and amen. It is good to be back tonight. Uh, if you got your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of Psalm chapter 73. Psalm chapter 73. <coughs> I said it this morning, and I'm going to say it again just because I can't. But it's been a long time since I've been in a church service, and God got a hold of my heart like that during the song service. I say the same thing about tonight, y'all. Y'all's choir, y'all singing, y'all y'all really blessed my soul this morning. It, 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 it done me good. You say, Brother Cody, you, that, you just got real emotional and all that. I'm not one of them preachers that's afraid to use the word emotional. I'll be honest, somebody as big as God do something as big as keep me out of a lake of fire for all eternity. I, I tend to get emotional over things like that. Now, I, I want to thank y'all for following God with the songs that you sung. It, it's exactly what I needed to hear this morning. And tonight was good as well. Uh, thank you all again for having me. Y'all pray for me with the microphone. I told Brother Chris, I said, this is probably one of the first services. I'll probably jinx myself now, but this morning that I didn't break a microphone, drop the microphone, or something crazy happened. I've been known to get done preaching and the microphone be swinging at my knee and wondering why everybody's looking at me weird and why there's a big beating noise. Probably one of the First, I don't know, maybe one of the first ten times I ever did preach. I hadn't been called very long. And we had an older preacher at our church used to always sit on the front. It's Brother Thurman, if you're wondering, Megan and Chris. We sat on the front row, and I was nervous. I mean, I was so nervous that, I mean, I thought I was, was going to pass out. I still get nervous standing in front of people, probably will for the rest of my life. I've just accepted my fate. But I sat there on the front row, and Brother Thurman looked at me. He said, oh, don't worry. He goes, you'll do fine. He goes, God will show up. God will show up. I said, okay. Well, I'm over there trying to get this microphone on. Brother Thurman said, let me help you with that. I was like, man, that's a, that's a good old man of God. He's trying to help me, you know, somebody I'm indebted to. He tied the microphone on purpose around my belt loop, and when I stood up, it jerked me. He laughed. I didn't know. But anyways, so we didn't have microphone issues this morning. But thank y'all for y'all's hospitality. Thank y'all for being good to my family. It's not every Sunday I get to preach with my mom and dad in a service. And thank y'all for being good to them. Thank y'all for uh, accepting them in here just like they was one of you on. But in Psalm chapter 73, Psalm chapter 73, verse 1, the Bible says, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such are as of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My Steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. And they are not in trouble as other men, and neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth, uh, pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than the heart could wish." They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak lawfully. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore this people return hither and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. <coughs> and they say, how doth God know? Is there knowledge in the most high? 
Behold, these are ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say, I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me." Most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we come again to you tonight. God, we thank you for what you done for us this morning. I thank you for the help that you gave me. God, I thank you for all that you did, Lord. Thank you for the fellowship that we had. God, thank you for the singing. God, I thank you for what you've done tonight already. I pray that you be with us as we go through your word. God, help me. Give me every word that I'm supposed to say. I want to be obedient to you tonight, God. don't want to do anything that might hinder the spirit tonight. Uh, God, I pray that you help somebody, Lord. And we thank you for all that you do. And in Jesus' name, amen and amen. The uh, first thing that we see here in verse 1, uh, before we get to this very depressing rest of the first half of this chapter, uh, uh, the first thing he says is, Truly, God is good to Israel, even such as of a clean heart. Uh, we could stop at the first part of that sentence, and we could probably spend the rest of our life uh, just talking about how truly God has been to us. Uh, as the choir sung this morning, God has been good. Uh, and I was turning back flips in my soul. Uh, uh, I believe the words that were sung in there was, there's been times where I've let him down. I've made my mistakes and still I found through all that I do. I know that ain't part of the words, but through all that I do, God's still being good to me. Regardless of whether I'm good to him or not. Now, God's been good to Israel like he said. But God's been good to this old boy right here. Uh, and I bet if we went through the church tonight. And we went from pew to pew. And let everybody speak for a moment. Surely everybody in here could say that God has been good to them. I woke up with a roof over my head this morning. Uh, I woke up in a, in a warm bed. Uh, despite the fact that there was a three year old laying sideways on top of my face. When I I woke up. Uh, other than that, we had a pretty good morning this morning. Uh, uh, God provided us uh, food in our bellies today. There's was two cars in my driveway when I went outside this morning. Uh, the dog had food. God has been good to me. Uh, and you say, Brother Cody, all those aren't spiritual things. Well, I'm glad he's not just good spiritually to me, uh, but he gives me what I need. And sometimes he even gives me what I want. God's been good to me. You say, well, the first verse that we read here, <coughs> well, it's pollen. I'm going to tell you. Thank God for the rain this morning. <coughs> but the rest of the verses that we just read there, I mean, I'll be honest with you. They're pretty depressing. They're pretty depressing. He said in verse 2, uh, he, he, said, he said, but it's for me, my feet were almost gone. And my steps had well nigh slipped. And we understand this psalm of Asap right here. This was a, we see a man who's struggling in verses 2 through 16. Uh, but he knows who God is. And he knows that God is true. And he knows that God is good. And he knows that God can provide. And he's not, he's not uh, taken away from the fact of who God is and what God can do. But I think we would have to come to the conclusion tonight, church, that even godly people, saved people, Christians can struggle sometimes. We can struggle. He said his feet were almost gone. 
He just about slipped. He was at the point of just fixing to give up. Have you ever been there, church? Uh, have you ever got in your Christian walk where the devil creeps up in your garden and, and he whispers in your ear and says, it's not worth it. Uh, it's not worth the heartache that you're going through. Uh, it's not worth every all the struggling that you're doing. Look how much easier the world's got it. You say, well, I don't know. I don't know if I've been that way. Don't lie. We've all been on our way to church, especially if you have to drive through Gainesville and you see all them nice boats and jet skis, which I have nothing against. If anybody wants to donate a boat or a jet ski to the Miller house, we will haul it home with that Tahoe out there. Or you can bring it to us. But as we cross over that bridge and we see all them boats and jet skis on Sunday morning, I'm thinking, man. Well, they didn't have to go through what we went through this morning. You say, Brother Cody, you mean, what do you mean had to? It's a privilege we get to go to church. I understand that, and I preach that, and that's true. But if you're human like I am, and you're human like Asaph is here, said he was envious of the prosperity of the wicked. He got tired of seeing everybody else around him that wasn't trying to live for the Lord just get better and better and better in the life that they live. We've all been there at some point. I, I would dare say that we've all been there at some point. And the, devil, the devil wants us to see that. In verse 3 it said he was envious as uh, the prosperity of the wicked got tired of seeing them prosper with no consequence. And as, we, as you read from 4 down to 16, uh, you see, uh, we can all picture that. How many, who knows in here somebody that lies, cheats, and steals, and it seems like everything they want just comes to them with no problem whatsoever? You're thinking, well, I don't understand. I, I go to church every Sunday. I, I, you know, I, I try to, I try to be modest in my lifestyle. I, I, I listen to the right kind of music. I read the right kind of Bible. I read a King James Bible. I do all the things that we're supposed to do. But it seems like the more I do, the less that I get, and the more that the wicked prospers. The devil wants to get on our shoulder and he wants you to see that. You say, why is it so important? Devil, the devil's the kind of a being when he gets in your garden and he starts telling you, well, you should not surely die if you eat this fruit. It's, you're going to be all right. It's like you done to eat. It's the same devil that says, well, he says, I don't know why you waste your time on paying them tithes and giving them offerings, supporting them missionaries. You know good and well if you didn't give all that, your wife's car would be paid off. She could drive something nice instead of that beater out there. You say, you know, you, you didn't do all that stuff and you didn't waste all your money giving it to God and you didn't, you know, for the church and all this stuff. The devil wants you to see all that crazy stuff. He'll say, you know, if you don't do that, if you don't do that, you can cut the time your mortgage gets paid off in half. Nobody, does anybody have, anybody have those conversations with the devil? I know it wasn't just me. I see some of y'all smiling now. We've all had this conversation with the devil, apparently. You say, well, we, we, shouldn't be, we shouldn't be that way. But see, the devil wants us to see that. You say, all those things are carnal. Uh, all those things are stuff that don't matter. That has nothing to do with salvation. It don't have nothing to do with that. But let's not play pretend tonight. Let's just admit that it does get hard sometimes. Verse 5 says, there's, there's not any trouble as other men. Neither are... Neither are they plagued like other men. It just seems like nothing ever goes wrong. It seems like everything, everything's just always fine. 
But what I've learned is the way that the devil works in my life, and I'm sure he does the same for you, he only wants us to see the good part. If there is, I don't even know that good part is the right term to use, but he only wants us to see the flashing lights of the world. Only wants us to see the good aspects of what appears, of uh, 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 how the world is doing. He wants us to see the boat on the lake. Wants us to see the car in the driveway. Wants us to see all these things, but he don't never show us the other. Uh, the Bible says in <coughs> Hebrews chapter eleven, you don't have to flip there. It just uh, Bible tells us that uh, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. The Bible itself says that there is pleasure in sin for a season. So there's no doubt that some of the stuff that we get envious of uh, is a good time. There's no doubt that some of the stuff that's out there wouldn't be fun and wouldn't be okay to do. Uh, and you look, uh, through, look throughout your Bible, I think one of the best examples of this is the case of the prodigal son. Uh, and the prodigal lived at home with his daddy uh, and his brother and worked on the farm uh, and got to seeing what was out there. And the bright lights of the far country was shining. Uh, and all that stuff looked real, real good. Uh, and I promise you, when he left his father's house, he had a good time for a little while and we all know what happened the result uh, he found himself spending every bit of his inheritance he found himself wallowing in the muck and the mire of this world said that he wanted he would have eaten after the swine he was he was in such a bad predicament uh, see the devil just wants us to see the good parts uh, who's y'all ever been on vacation went down to the beach i don't care if you're going down highway 16 if you're going down 75 or you're going down 85 or you're going up to greenville that way uh, you get on them interstates long enough you'll get to them spots where there is absolutely nothing out there but billboards you start, you get to a certain point past Atlanta and you'll see a billboard. It'll say Jack Daniels. It'll say, it'll be some liquor store advertisement. You'll, the first one will be that. The next one that you pass in the next few miles, uh, it'll be a, the same liquor store advertising the same drink, but they'll have some pretty girl standing next to it. Uh, then the next one, it'll be a whole group of people having a good time uh, and, and, and living it up in the world. And you're thinking, well, man, that looks like a good time. Everybody's happy. Everybody's smiling. Uh, everybody's having a good old time. Uh, but what the devil don't show you, uh, he don't show the car wrapped around the tree uh, because somebody was driving drunk uh, and hit an oak tree, split a car in half. Uh, it don't show the mama standing over her baby's casket uh, because some drunk driver pulled out in front of her so they could have a good time uh, and now she's got to bury her little baby uh, it don't show the dope addicts strung out uh, begging for money on the side of the road selling their body for just another line of cocaine or whatever that it might be you say brother Cody I'd never go that far but if we're honest tonight I bet you the prodigal never thought he'd be there I bet you ASAP never thought that he'd be there looking at the wickedness that I just described, thinking, man, that sure does look good. Sure does look good. Now, look, I, I, don't, I don't play pretend. I don't sugarcoat. I don't, I don't try to put on a facade of something that I'm not. I'm a wicked sinner that's been saved by grace. 
I'm no different than somebody that's in jail tonight. The only difference with me is that God got a hold of me before I wrecked my life. Uh, and God offered me salvation and knocked on my heart's door. And I'd be right there with the worst of them if it weren't for God. Uh, so all I know to tell you is what I know. And all I know to tell you is what's real. I don't have a pretty alliteration for it. But I'm telling you that if we focus our mind on the things of this world long enough, our flesh will, will start to crave it. Our flesh will desire it. And before we know it, our feet will be almost gone. <clears throat> How about it, Christian friend? Have you ever found yourself, you ever found yourself just stuck going through the motions of church? You say, well, you know, it's a good habit to be in. And I, I, I say that all the time. I said it tonight, Brother Tommy, getting somebody back in the habit of going to church. Uh, well, sometimes we get in so much of a habit that that's all that it is. And we forget the reason that we're going. We forget that we get to go to church. We forget that we're... That it is a privilege that we even live somewhere where, like I said this morning, that we're not having to meet underground somewhere in fear for our life. We forget these things so much. But the devil, devil don't want us to see all that. Devil don't want, to, devil don't want that. Sin's not worth it tonight. But the sin will take you. Sin will keep you, take you further than you meant to go, and it'll keep you longer than you intended to stay there. I know we've all heard that a million times, but it gets truer and truer, I think, is it, the older that I get. Verse 11, verse 11 says, and they, they, and they say, how, how does God know? And is, is there knowledge in the Most High? That's the world that we live in. If we're not careful, we'll get so, we'll, we'll get envious of a world that mocks God continually. They, I, I think I said it this morning. I get my, all my days mixed up now. But I, the world thinks we're crazy. World thinks we're, the world thinks we're crazy. Why would you live your life that way? Why would you live so strict according to the Bible? Why would you miss out on all the fun that, we, that you could have in this world? And why would you do those things? And if we're not careful, we'll let the devil trick us into thinking that the Christian life is miserable. Hey, I said it when we first started. ASAP started, said it at the very beginning of the verse. Truly, God is good. God's been good to me. I'll tell you, I've had a much better time as a saved person. I've had a much better time uh, uh, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty than I never, than I ever did running from Him. Uh, did I have a good time every now and then? I'm sure that I did. Uh, but when I look back at my past life before God changed me, uh, uh, it was misery, it was sorrow, and it was woe. They mock us. Why would we be envious of God mockers? This is, look, the people that say we're crazy and that we've lost our mind. Now, I don't, I don't say this to be funny, and I don't say it as a joke, but I'm telling y'all a real scenario that happened. Talking about the world that we live in. Had a girl in our youth group come up to me and Miss Brooke. She's like, well, I got in trouble at school. Did she get suspended, Brooke? You know what I'm about, you know the story I'm about to tell. She don't know the story I'm about to tell. She'd come, into, she'd come into the class and said, I, I got in trouble. I said, well, what, what's wrong? I said, what did you do? I said, you cheat on the test. I was kind of picking at her because we're good at that. And uh, she said, no. She said, I, I told a girl at school that she wasn't a cat. 
say, well, that sounds like a joke. You just made a lot of No, I'm telling you, the same people that say we're crazy for believing that there's a better way to live and we can spend an eternity with a thrice holy God instead of burning a lake of fire makes fun of us. But those are the same people that was calling Lumpkin County School complaining to the school board because their daughter was not able to be treated as a cat as she wanted to be. So, Brother Cody... That's crazy. It's not even funny. It's the saddest thing that I've ever seen. You say, well, why even tell the story? Because we get envious of stupidity like that. So many familiar faces. Miss Lynn, what would you have done if Kendall and Kaylin come in one day and said, Miss Lynn, I'm a cat today. You said, well, no, you're not. But she'd be in jail today for saying something like that. It's crazy. But we, we envy that. We envy those things. We mock how, how crazy are we to ever get to that point? But the fact of the matter is, it's possible. They mock us constantly. <coughs> if we're not real careful, we'll get to this place that Asaph was at. We'll get jealous. We'll get envious. We'll want what the world has and completely disregard all that we know. And the sad thing is, when we find ourselves in that state, and we find ourselves going through the motions, and we find ourselves... Not intentionally, because I don't think anybody intentionally does it unless you're in a real bad place in your, in your walk. But when you get to that place of familiar, familiarity and you get to that place of going through the motions and you kind of get lazy on God, you get to the point of, well, you know, I, I was, I'll, I'll read my Bible when I get home. You get home, everything at the house is done gone crazy. The refrigerator quit working or the power went off. Or if you live at my house, the well quit working at some point. And, and you got to fix all that stuff. By the time you get done, you say, well, Lord, have mercy. If I don't get to bed, I will never wake up in the morning. I'm just going to wake up early. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to get in my prayer closet. Alarm clock goes off late. Wake up. Say, well, Lord, have mercy. I ain't got time to go to my prayer closet. I ain't got time to pray. I'm going to pray in the truck. When I get there, get in the truck. Say, Lord, have mercy. I got to get gas this morning or I'm going to run out of the gas on the side of the road. And Miss Brooks going to have to bring me a gas jug. Ask me how I know. Get all that figured out. Finally get to where you're going. Go to the worst situation you can go to at a job site. Come home and start all over again. Before you know it, you start all the, all the little things that are important things. Start becoming less and less and less and less important. And when we fall asleep on God like that, anytime we fall asleep on God, we are putting a lost soul in jeopardy of dying and going to hell. You say, well, my decision, my decision is not going to change their eternity yet. What if you're the person that God was going to put in their place that day? What if, what if that night in your Bible reading or that morning in your Bible reading, God was going to give you the verse that you were supposed to tell that person at work and that would be the verse that changed their life? I said, Lord, yeah, I, I, maybe I am lost. Maybe I do need to get saved. But we don't ever think of it that way. We better be careful. So, Brother Cody, how can we guard ourselves? How can we guard ourselves from the condition that ASAP found itself in? I'm going to give you three things tonight, and I won't be long, I promise. <coughs> three things. So, he said God was good, went through 2 through 16. We looked at the, the miserable state that he had got in, the, 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 the sadness that he was in, and the, uh, the, the envy and the jealousy that he got in. And he just got to that place. He was fixing to slip, he was fixing to fall. And it seemed like ever he was just fixing to give up. Well, man, I don't know. Maybe, 
Maybe, maybe we won't go to church this morning. Maybe we'll take a break for a little while. Maybe we'll visit around, and visiting around turns into not going anywhere. And maybe, all, maybe that's the state that he was in. But what, what do we do when we get like that? Because I promise you, if you're not going through it now, you hadn't went through it before, you're fixing to go through it. And you're, you're going to be in one of those states at some point in your life. It's a, it's a, a circle that we go through. But it says, after he said, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. First thing I want you to see in verse 17, he says, until I went to the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou cast them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. As a, as a dream, when one awakes, so, O oh Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I, and ignorant I was as a beast before thee. He had went to the sanctuary of God. And when he found himself in the sanctuary, he had found himself, got alone with God for a little while and went to the place where God was at. And I understand we're in a sanctuary right now. But what we're talking about here is simply where God was. You say, well, God's everywhere. I understand that. And I, 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 really, I really believe that too. But I'm going to tell you, uh, you can get a hold of God better in this altar tonight than you could at a bar. You can get to, with God alone tonight better in, 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 next to your bedside better than you could uh, uh, run in the streets of Atlanta. You say, well, God, I understand God's everywhere, but I'm talking about getting alone with him and getting to a place where you can listen to what he has to say and not just asking of him, but letting God speak to you. He went to the sanctuary. Now, I don't misunderstand me. The sanctuary that we're in is a good sanctuary to be. Some of the best times of my life was in the sanctuary. I got saved in a sanctuary. Good stuff, but not everybody did. Miss Brooke made a sanctuary at a coffee table off of Cool Springs Road. She's every bit as saved as I am. So that sanctuary is where God is at, where we get alone with God. And if we'll find ourselves in the sanctuary, I can promise you our spiritual life will pick back up uh, this physical place. You can, I tell you, there's been times I've had to make the cab of a truck a sanctuary. You ever got, uh, you just feeling so sorry and low and you just start to think some, maybe some uh, song comes on and you think, man alive, they're singing about the Lord. Look at all that God's done. And you just start thanking God for the things that he's done and start thanking God of what he's brought you out of. And next thing you know, uh, Jesus apparently took the will because you've been had your hands raised, the people with the red light next to you think you're having a seizure because they don't know what's going on. And you just find yourself alone with God, settled down in the cab of a truck. It might be in, a, it might be in your prayer closet. It could be wherever it is that you get alone with God. <coughs> but the church is a good sanctuary to be. I'm reminded... Reminded, you remember over, remember over in 1 Samuel when Hannah had gotten to praying that God would give her a baby boy. Wasn't able to have children and was grieved over it and found herself in the, found herself in the altar 
crying out to God to the point where Eli thought she was drunk. Boy, I wonder if we ever pray, if we got to praying that crazy, I wonder if our prayer life would pick up a little bit. We wonder why things don't get answered sometimes, or we might not get the answer that we want sometimes, but how long has it been since you found yourself in that Hannah situation in the altar, crying out to God, hot tears poured out in front of you. People all around think you might be crazy. Uh, I mean, Eli, I mean, Eli was a pretty big deal for him to have not understood what was going on. That said a lot about his life. Uh, but as Hannah was down there begging God, would you give me a child? Guess what he done? He give her Samuel. She give him back to the Lord. Some of y'all don't know. I'll tell you the story. I like to share it. Some of you don't know, me and Miss Brooke, for years, tried to have children. It just never did work out. Went to doctors, and doctors are good. Went to doctors, uh, had procedures, did all the little things that the world had to offer. Nothing wrong. Just, you know, tried all that stuff. Every remedy and all that stuff you could think of and, we, and it just never did work and we finally got to the point where we had just accepted the fact that maybe it just wasn't God's will maybe it just wasn't God's will and we had got to a place and Miss Brooke you ain't you correct me if I'm wrong but you had got to a place where your feet was almost gone and she had well nigh slipped and I'd watched my wife and don't misunderstand me I wanted children too but I'd watched my wife weeping and crying, and she would envy people that could uh, that were living in the world and was having uh, six, seven, eight, nine kids and didn't even know who God was. Uh, and we, she'd get jealous, and then I'd get mad, and I, I would get mad, and we, we would I mean, I'd never argue with God, but down deep inside, I got mad with the Lord. Say, God, I, I, I put away all the wicked stuff I was involved in as a teenager. My wife is trying to do her best in church. She's singing in church. I'm preaching your word. Why is it that we can't have one? I told y'all the story of Brother Chris Hewitt come and preach that every problem you have is a prayer problem. But can I say to you, church, tonight when we took our problem to the sanctuary and we found ourselves on our hands and knees... Telling God that, Lord, if you don't want us to have a child, we're going to worship you and we're going to praise you regardless. God, if it's not your will, then it's not our will either. Uh, whatever you want is what we want. I'm going to tell you all how God works. I was working in a bank in Elberton, Georgia, doing some, doing some work on their alarm system. I was standing next to the branch manager and a guy I used to work with. My mom had called me and she said, are you sitting down? And I said, no. She goes, well, you need to sit down. I said, well, who died? Because my mom don't call and say that. I just immediately assumed that someone has passed away. I've already thought as bad as it could be. She said, you've got a cousin that you've probably met once or twice. She's in a real bad way. And there's the baby boy that's been born. Whoo, that needs a mama and a daddy. I 
want you to pray about it, she said. And I tried to be, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll pray about it. Let me talk to Brooke. But secretly, I'm like, oh, yes, we want him. We want him. You say, Brother Cody, what does that mean? God provided, whether it was the way that we thought it was supposed to be or not. You say, well, why did he do that? Well, think about it like this. This is a, this is a commercial from the message here. If we would have had children already, God bless us with children whenever little Levi was born. I might not have been at a place where I could bring him into our home. And God knew that in the future there was going to be somebody that needed a mom and daddy. So that's why he held off on us. You say, Brother Cody, that just sounds like a bunch of coincidence. If you think that, you can think that all that you want. But I've been running off of this for the last three years. And I'm going to be running off of it until Jesus comes back. But I promise you that it wasn't the doctors that give us to him. It wasn't the judge that signed the papers. All that part was good. And all that part was a part of it, uh, but it was not until we went to the sanctuary of God that business picked up. You can find help in the sanctuary. Whenever Asaph had went to this sanctuary, you notice the tone of the rest of this chapter changes a whole, whole lot. It goes from dark and depressing to God, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't believe I thought that way. And then he's praising him by the end of it. I promise you, you get to those stagnated parts in your life where it seems like business ain't picking up. Uh, and it seems like everything's going wrong. Uh, there's a sanctuary for you and you can get the help that you need. <coughs> Got a friend, goes to our church, Miss Megan's cousin. When COVID happened, he went straight, he went to the hospital. How long was he in there, Megan? Months? Six weeks? That's a long time. He was on a ventilator, was he not? Not the ventilator. Uh, either way, six weeks is longer than I want to be in the hospital. Had no hope in there. Laid there day in, day out, medicated. Couldn't, he told me he couldn't pray, said he couldn't even read his Bible. Didn't know what to do. We would literally, his wife would come on Sunday morning and Sunday night. We would watch her break every service and weep over her husband. Somewhere after the first few weeks, she had asked if we would all come to the church and start praying. The sanctuary. Come to the sanctuary and start praying. We found ourselves, the whole church came on a Monday night and we prayed and prayed and prayed. Come back on a Tuesday night and prayed and prayed and prayed. Went on a Wednesday night and a Thursday. And I think we prayed for two weeks straight, even on a Saturday. And we come together as a, as a, a family and come together as a church uh, and made a sanctuary together with God. Uh, and it wasn't long after we started meeting to pray. He's walking around like nothing was ever wrong with him today. Wherever, whatever in your life, surely his wife, had to be looking at all the people that was in the world that didn't even get affected by it. Wasn't living for God. Wasn't trying to live for God. Wasn't, wasn't coming to church. Wasn't reading their Bible. I said, why? Why my husband? But they found help in the sanctuary. Second thing I want you to see. He said, nevertheless, I'm continually with thee. 
when you get that help, you've got to stay with him. How often is it that we pray and pray and pray for something and God gives us what we prayed for and then we just act like it wasn't even something we've been praying over forever? You ever done that? You ever prayed for somebody? I mean, we, um, years for somebody to get saved. That person finally gets saved. Boy, we shout it out and have a good time. And then the next day, we just go right back to work like it wasn't even some incredible thing that just happened. Or God, would you, God, I need this in my life. Or God, would you help me through this? And God does it. And we, we thank him right when it happens. And then it's just like we just kind of forget about it. I wonder all these... Uh, uh, I wonder if the reason why people, you ever seen people in your life, you know who I'm talking about. We all have somebody we can picture in, in the time we've been in church. There's people that come and it seems like they get help and they get on fire for a second and then you can't find them nowhere. They're just gone. You see pictures of them. They're, all, they're, always, they're, they're always off somewhere. They're, they're never at church. They're they're never doing anything for God, and then give it time, they'll come back, and they'll get on fire for a couple weeks, and they're gone again. So the problem with that is, it's simply the relationship with God. It says, I am continually with me, or I am continually with thee. It's a daily thing. Every morning that we wake up, I'm saved. I'll be saved when I wake up in the morning, but I promise you, if I don't find time to get alone with God... And I don't stick close to him. If I don't, and this is just the way I work. I have a little routines that I go through. If I don't get in the car and first thing in the morning after I clock in, when I'm driving down the road, if I don't either find somebody preaching or I don't find somebody singing the gospel songs, before I know it, I will done forget all about it until about lunch and think, oh Lord, I ain't even, did I even pray this morning? I go to your preacher. I'm human. We got to stay with him. You think about your relationship with God. Miss Brooke, uh, wherever, where'd she go? She gone. Took Levi out. Probably get a spanking. So, if my relationship with Miss Brooke, if I only saw Miss Brooke on Sunday and Wednesday, how do you think our relationship would be? If all I talked to my wife was on Sunday and Wednesday, what would I expect? the rest of the relationship to go like. Well, number one, she would not be happy. And if she's not happy, I'm not happy. Y'all know how that goes. But why do we think it's any different with God? We can, we can talk to God on Sunday morning, talk to Him on the night service, talk to Him on Wednesday and the rest of the week. It's just an afterthought. We've got to stay by His side. We, we, we've got to stay there because what it does, when we're away from God, our relationship is hindered. Now, if... My communication and my relationship is hindered with Miss Brooke. I'm still her husband. She's still my wife. But the relationship suffers because of it. I'm saved by the grace of God. If you're saved by the grace of God, just because you don't talk to Him, don't make you any less saved. Don't mean that your salvation's gone. But your relationship and your communication is not what it could be. And if you don't communicate with God on the daily, Bible says to pray without ceasing. What is praying? Praying is talking to God. He should be a part of, our, of every aspect of our day. And it's real easy to preach that way and real easy to say that. But I got to go to work tomorrow too. I know how it is. We got to remind ourselves. We find ourselves in the place of ASAP and but God's, God's still our God. He's still our Savior. But we have no relationship if we just see Him two days a week. 
That's why we were to find ourselves like in Psalm 91 when David's praying. David says in Psalm 91, he says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. See, because David was getting in that secret place, because David was getting to that time alone with God, because David had went to the sanctuary in Psalm 51 whenever he, after he had sinned with Bathsheba. Now he can find himself in Psalm 91 because that communication was still going. He was abiding in the secret place and dwelling under the shadow. The, the more time he spent with God, the more under his wing that he was. We could... If we could ever get a hold of that, I think it would change our life. <clears throat> so when we see the wicked prosper, we see all that looks good. Just remember we've got a God in heaven that loves us and he sent his son to die for us. He takes care of us. He takes care of us and loves us enough that he went and prepared a place for us. And we've got a home in heaven. And sometimes you just got to look at the devil and say, you can have the world. I'm going to take Jesus. A couple months ago, you said, but Cody, you sure tell a lot of stories. All I know is my life. I can't give you nobody else's stuff. This is just what I go through. God works for me silly like that. Brooke wanted to go to TJ Maxx. So as husbands, you know, I had to sit in the car because I can't handle TJ Maxx for three hours at a time. Amen. You can look at the, your, amen, revival. So we had sat there, and Levi was just in one of them fussy moods. Y'all got toddlers? Anybody in here? Fussy moods. I said, well, he's just sitting in the car with me. So I sat in the car, and I'll be honest, church, I was in one of them, I was just in one of them days where I had found myself going through them motions. I found myself envious of the wicked. And it, I mean, just carnal things. I mean, it, it, little things that drive me crazy. It drives me crazy that I'm in my 30s and they're 16 year olds driving F-250s. I just don't understand how that's possible. You said, Brother Cody, you shouldn't be so carnal. I know, that's why I'm here. So, but I'd sit in the car with Levi and I was just going through my mind and man, the devil had been on me hard that day. And Levi, when he likes a song, he wants to hear that song over and over and over. I don't know if y'all have ever heard that song, I'll Take Jesus. Levi can sing you every word to it. He, I don't know them song. I don't know them all the words of the song, but Levi can sing it. He can scream it. He can sing it backwards. He can sing it hanging upside down. And he had said, Daddy, I hear I take Jesus. I take Jesus. I take Jesus. And I said, all right, we'll listen to it. That's fine. I said, just stop screaming. The struggles we go through every day. Turn on the radio, and here I am sitting here in my own little pity party, Wondering why things ain't different and wondering why, why the wicked prosper. And I'm sitting there just going in my mind and just thinking of all this foolish stuff. And I remember Levi started singing, I'll take Jesus every time. And, he was, and I got thinking, I said, he don't even know what he's singing about. But if he can understand it enough to know that Jesus is better than what this world has to offer... And the day he wants to sing that song, and I got thinking of what God brought me out of, and the life that God brought Levi out of, and uh, uh, 
I can tell you stories after church, uh, but, uh, but what the life that he would have lived in uh, if he wouldn't have been adopted. Uh, and he was just back there, just, I mean, raising his hands and saying amen while he was singing. And here I am contemplating why I'm even a Christian. I'm just being real with you tonight, church. And I'm man alive, I'm just going to take Jesus. The devil can have the world. It can burn up in the end. Uh, God's given us a home in glory, and that's where we're going to live forever. Amen. I'm just going to take Jesus. The last thing I want you to see. He said, nevertheless, I'm continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Asap was saying, you don't just need to go to the sanctuary. You don't just need to have that spiritual experience with God, that alone time with God. You don't just need to stay by his side, but you need to be close enough to where you can literally hold his hand. You say, what does that even mean? I promise you, because every time we let go, that gives us more, that gives us more leniency of where we can find ourselves at. It don't matter if it's a Sunday morning. It don't matter if it's the middle of the day. But if you take Levi outside and you're trying to get him to get in the car from the house to the car, he will find every mud puddle that there is. It don't matter if he's in his Sunday best. It don't matter if he's barefoot. But he loves to jump in the mud puddles. He might find a frog in there. There's no telling what he might do. And I promise you, if I'm not holding his hand, he'll find himself in a mud hole or he'll find himself off getting involved with something that he don't know, that he ain't supposed to be messing with. Uh, he, he was supposed to go to the swing set the other day and he ended up sitting on a tractor. I mean, that's a, far, a swing set and a tractor's two different things. How'd he end up over there? Wasn't holding his hand. I promise you, every time I've ever let go of God's hand, I've found myself in the mud holes of this world. Uh, and you'll find yourself in the muck and the mire. Uh, and you'll find yourself wondering how in the world did I get here. And you say, I can handle things. Uh, and I can handle it. I don't have to worry about falling like that. I don't have to worry about going back to the world. But I promise you, as soon as you start thinking you can take care of you, and you don't think that you need to hold daddy's hand no more. Uh, you remember being little and just wanted to walk by yourself. Just, oh, Mama, I don't want to hold your hand. I'm getting too old. All my friends are going to see I'm embarrassed. Nine times out of ten, when I wasn't holding Mama or Daddy's hand, I got in trouble. It's the same way with God. We get to thinking that we can handle the world and we can figure it out on our own. And God, if you'll just trust me with this little bit over here, I'll be okay. But I promise you, you'll end up in the same hog pen that the prodigal ended up in. We better be careful tonight. We better be careful. I wonder tonight, church, you see what the world has. You miss it some days. You miss, you miss not being stressed out on Sunday mornings. You miss, not, you, you miss running all over the place. You try to be somewhere at the right time. And you, you just miss it. I wonder if you're in that condition tonight. You might not be in that condition tonight. You might be in it tomorrow. Are your feet slipping tonight? How about it, church member? How about it, saved person? Are you stuck in the motions tonight? Is God trying to... Is, are, 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 do you, are, are you starting to go through the emotions and get stagnated? There's a sanctuary for you tonight. You can find help in this altar. 
I wonder tonight if somebody would make their way to the piano, whoever that it might be, maybe Miss Megan. I'm assuming she, she's the only one I've seen play since I've been here. But I wonder, what condition are you in? Let me ask you this. Maybe you're not in the place that ASAP is, but I bet you know somebody that is. I wonder if you know somebody that's, that got to that place and started envying. Maybe they got out of church. Hey, I'm going to be honest with you, church. I'd say 90% of my family's in the world tonight. Not all of them. I'm not talking about bad people. But there was a time in my life, talking to Brother Tommy about it a little bit, there was a time in my life where every aunt, every uncle, every cousin, we might not have all agreed on everything spiritually. We might not have agreed on everything doctrinally. But there was a time that my whole family was in the house of God on a Sunday night. And there was a time in those people's life where they started get, they got like ASAP. And they started looking out in the world and all that the world had to offer. And tonight, you can't find them in church nowhere. It might not be you tonight, but I bet you've got a family member that's out of the will of God and done found theirself back in the world. They might not be here tonight to make a sanctuary and get along with God, but if you know the worth of prayer, I wonder if you can stand in their place tonight and beg God to visit them one more time. Beg God to remind them of the sanctuary moments that they had and the good things that God done for them. Maybe it's not you, but I'm sure we all know somebody. Maybe it is you. Maybe you're the one struggling. And you just need to strengthen your relationship. You need to get continually with them. And you need to grab God by the hand. And you need to talk to him like you used to talk to him. And I'm thanking him for the things that he's done. I promise business will pick up. Or maybe you've never had a sanctuary moment tonight. As far as I know, everybody in here is good, saved church people. But I was a good church people when I got saved too. I wonder if you've never made a sanctuary tonight, if tonight will be the night for you. These altars are open, come with a song. Mind God tonight.